Well, I want to get over to Jared, who has a closer look at uh, the volatility index, which is just going bonkers. Today's 800-point plunge on Wall Street is just the most recent swerve for a stock market that had very recently been hitting record highs. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Part of guiding you to and through retirement is to make sense of all of this market volatility. That's what we're going to attempt to do today and talk to you about what you could be doing to protect your retirement plan. I am here with Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of this podcast. And as I set the stage on who she is, she is the office prankster. So if you want to give somebody a good scare, you want to catch them on video doing something that will be fun to share on social media. She's the person that does that. People are leery of you. Do you realize this, Rochelle? <laughs> Did you say leery? <laughs> leery in a good way. Like, is Rochelle going to play a joke on me? Yeah, I mean, Anna Marie feels that way. But she, yeah, You are the resident joker. Yeah. But that's a fun role, too, though. You make people laugh in the office. You um, make coming to work a lot of fun because, uh, and all the jokes are fun jokes. They're nothing like that, you know, anybody would be like super embarrassed about. I mean, you just have fun with people. And uh, so that makes you the Merkel retirement planning prankster. She had a big, big scare fail this morning, I hear. Yeah. Trying to scare me as I was walking through the garage. It really wasn't me, though. It was. It was Haley. Haley, yeah. Well, I heard the car keys, and I was like, no, that can't be Lauren. I'm going to try this anyway. So so we tricked you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She likes to jump out at people and scare them. And again, just create fodder, office fodder. Is that the right word? I like to move people's cars <laughs> from our parking lot to someone else's parking lot. That's a good April Fool's joke. Okay. Anna Marie has still not recovered. Nope. Also here, of course, Lauren Merkel, certified financial planner, retirement planner, and let's see, smoky scotch drinker, cannon collector, Raiders fan. Bears fan. Raiders well, let's, fan. Let's set those records straight. Wait. I am a Raiders investor. Pseudo fan, but I am a true. I just keep calling you out on the Raiders thing. Bears fan. Yeah, well, you bought season tickets. Ironically, when they moved to Las Vegas, hmm. Investment may not work out this year. You're not. You may not see a lot of football. Not in person all investments this year. work out right away. Uh, no, that's right. It's Sometimes a strategy. The long haul. Sometimes it's the long haul. So this market volatility, Lauren. Before we get into some, you know, real action steps that people can take, kind of set the stage on this volatility. It's something we haven't seen uh, in most people's lifetimes. Well, yeah, certainly we've never seen this type of volatility in our lifetime. We have to go all the way back to the Great Depression, right? We're talking about late 20s, early 30s before we see volatility like we're seeing right now. What, what I did is I pulled up the largest single day drops by points in the Dow history, in the, the largest single day ups by points in the Dow history. And the top six, or actually the top seven, are all within the month of March of this year. The history of the Dow. The top six, as far as losses, are all in the month of March. And, and so that's, that's by points. If we go by percentage, which is probably a little bit more relevant because way back in the 30s when the Dow went up by eight points, that was a 15% gain, right? It goes up by eight points right now. Nobody nobody You don't cares. even notice. Right. So the percentage is probably more, more relevant. And uh, f- about four weeks ago when I looked at this, March of this year was not even within the top five. 
And right now we have two when it comes to the biggest percentage uh, losses, two within the top five of the history of the Dow. Uh, we have uh, 9% in March March uh, 12th, and then we have 12.93% March 16th. Can you imagine that? So 12, almost 13% down in one day. Most people don't like to lose 13% in one year, and they lost 13% in one day. It's an, an incredible amount of movement within the, the market, especially when we consider the points. I mean, th to get to that 13% down, it lost 2,997 points within one day. So it's just an incredible amount of movement. We've never seen anything like it. And now it's a matter of how do you insulate yourself as much as you possibly can, right? It's here. The volatility is here. So what do we do about it to protect ourselves even further? And then if possible, are there steps we can take to maybe even take advantage of it? Yeah. So if you're in a 401k, which is probably one of the most readily available retirement funds for for people or retirement uh what's the word i'm looking for here lauren uh, savings plans yeah this retirement saving plans for people if you're logging on to yours on a daily basis and watching it you're you're not liking what you're seeing well that that's how volatile the stock market is but people's emotions are just as volatile if not more because this is just the financial side we're talking about right there's still the health side right are you are you going to get the code do you have it and i mean a lot of people don't even know that they have it how bad is this going to really get how long is this going to play out is life ever going to get back to the normal that we knew before uh, February of this year and really what is all that's going to look like from a financial standpoint as well as a, a healthcare standpoint so something I've heard you say uh, to local media as you've done some interviews trying to kind of work through all this and some stuff you've done with our Facebook Lives is not doing anything may not be the best advice, despite what we're kind of hearing, uh, you know, sometimes from some of the places where you consume your news and your advice, some financial advisors are saying, just wait this out, just hold on, it will rebound, or they're, they're predicting that it should rebound. But that is not necessarily the best advice. And again, uh, setting the stage that on this podcast and everything we do at Merkle Retirement Planning, we're generally talking to pre-retirees and retirees. So don't do anything is not great advice, Lauren. It seems like every time we go through a recession or a bear market, then that's really the prevalent advice is hold on, don't panic, don't do anything, and things are going to get back to, to normal and you're not going to lose money in the long run because you don't actually lose money unless you sell your positions. But I think that's rather incomplete advice. What What is real, if I can interpret that advice, really what that means is don't panic, don't go to cash, Right. Keep your positions, the same positions that you have. Don't go to cash and and uh, hope that you're going to rebound because you won't rebound if you're just sitting in cash. And that's what we saw in 2008. So 2008, the recession actually didn't end until June of 2009. But the stock market started reacting positively February of 2009. So a lot of people, 2008, December 2008, they went to cash. They just couldn't take the pain anymore. It was way too much for them. And they, they looked like geniuses because really January was a horrible month, January 2009. And then February came around and March came around and April came around. And the market didn't do anything except for go up. And then they didn't participate in any of that. But technically, we were still in the recession. So that, that's another takeaway is the, the stock market is different than the economy, the whether or not we're in a recession is all a measurement, an economical measurement. It has nothing to do with the stock market. The stock market is very predictive, and it's, it's intended not to react, but to predict what is going to take place in the future. 
And that's why typically recessions, we'll, we'll get out of the recession after the stock market actually starts to recover. Now we want to talk about some of the do's and the don'ts of investing and retirement portfolios during this market volatility. And Lauren, the first thing that you can do is consider dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging is extremely common, extremely popular. One is because it's easy. Most people are dollar cost averaging, even though if you ask, if you ask 10 people, what does dollar cost averaging mean? Maybe two of them might be able to give you a real definition, but almost everybody, or certainly anybody who has a 401k plan is incorporating this type of strategy. And really the intent of it is to buy shares in a systematic way, regardless of what the price of those shares are, whether it's up or whether it's down. And then at the end of the day, you're going to average out the price you paid for those shares. And it's going to be less than if you just did lump sum investing. And I can give you a quick example just to give you an idea of what that really means. If, if let's, and let, we're just going to use some simple numbers here. So let's say, let's say you invest hundred dollars a month and you're buying a mutual fund. It costs you $50 a share for that mutual fund the first month. So you put the hundred dollars in, cost you $50 a share, you buy how many shares? Two. Two shares. Okay. The next month, you still put the same $100 in. There's going to be more math. There's going to be more. <laughs> you still put the same $100 in, but instead of $50 a share, now it is $40 a share. So you can buy more shares. In fact, instead of only two shares, now you can buy two and a half shares. The next month, same $100. Notice how he didn't ask us to answer. <laughs> I'm being nice. <laughs> I'm being this. I saw the worry in your eyes. <laughs> There's no calculator on this Thank table. Thank God for these math apps, right? So we're doing school at home, which we're not doing. My son is doing it all on an app because there's no way I'm teaching yeah. anyone math. Okay. So well, you, especially the way they teach it today. It's different. We didn't learn it, it is that different. Way. It's probably better. I'm certain of that, but there is no uh, carrying. The one is in my blood. It is not in his. He draws these pictures to do tell math. Okay, anyways, back to your math. Well, J Jason and I play Yahtzee a lot. That's how I teach her how, how math. And she does all the math in her head, which is not what they teach at school. So her mom was over, and, and she was watching Jace add up these numbers. And her mom was like, I know what you did there, but that's not how you're supposed to add that. <laughs> but isn't like, it okay if you still to get answer. to the right answer? Yeah, I know. It's like there's no way I can teach, them, teach her the common core principles because that's not what we did. Bless those teachers. Yeah, right. <clears throat> okay, teach us some more about all mutual right, so funds. Th the next month, the... Mutual fund went down to $30 a share. You're still investing the same $100, okay? So the next month, you're able to purchase 3.33 shares. If we go one more month, now the price of the mutual fund went up, right? So we don't know if it's going to go down. It's going to go up. So the next month, it went up, still $100. It went up to $45 a share, which means you're able to purchase 222 shares. So if we average out those purchases, how much money do we spend over the four months? Four, $400. <laughs> that, that was basic math. $100 a month. <laughs> You're still thinking about the Yahtzee example. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a trick question. I was like, uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so we spent no, 400 bucks. $100 a month. Over a four-month period of time, we invested $400. The amount of shares that we purchased over that time was 10.05 shares. Okay. So if we average the $4, $400 that we invested, divided by the 10.05 shares that we bought over that time frame, that averages out to $39 a share. As opposed to if we invested the $400 that first month at $50 a share, our average share cost would have been $50. Sure. So, so averaging it out, if we would have done the second month, 
and it was down to $40 a share, our average share cost would have been $40 a share. Now, obviously, if we can time the exact bottom, and I, I've been getting emails this week about my crystal ball. Yeah. Bring out your crystal ball. Right. Or, or one email yesterday was, Lauren, how's your crystal ball working? Yeah. Is the bottom here? When right? is did the lowest we, point? Because that's when I want to stuff, put so, it all in. So if we can absolutely time this the exact right, in this example I just gave you over that four-month period, the lowest share price opportunity was $30 a share. So if we could actually pinpoint that, that lowest share price, put the whole $400 right. in at $30 a share, our average cost would have been lower. But nobody can do that uh, time and time again. And also, I want to know that that stock that I just bought, um, that one's going to really explode post-coronavirus. Right, yes. Does your crystal ball tell me that, too? Yes, I mean, that's all part of the crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. us exactly where the bottom is and how much it's going to explode yeah. when things get better. But, but nobody can do that, and that's the power of dollar-cost averaging. It takes the guesswork out of it. It's just very easy. It's streamlined. You're putting the same amount in every single pay period, and you're going to buy the shares uh, at the price, whatever it is at that time, whether it's up or whether it's down. And, and and if you look back over the history of your investing, the average share price traditionally or typically is going to be less than if you just do lump sum investing. And this is great. If you have a 401k, you're doing this right now. But if you're 59 and a half and you've taken that money and put it into your own uh, investment, which a lot of times you can at 59 and a half, take that 401k money and do something with it. Or if you're retired can you still employ this strategy? See, that's the hardest part with retirees is because you're no longer contributing to your accounts. In fact, many retirees are taking money out of their accounts. So in effect, it's reverse dollar cost averaging. If you're taking money out of your accounts while your accounts are going down, as positive as dollar cost averaging when you're contributing is, it's that much detrimental to the balance of your account. So a lot of retirees are finding it difficult to incorporate this dollar cost averaging principle that they've always incorporated. So what we've done with our clients to still gain the benefit of the dollar cost averaging principle is, and it really started around November of 2017 when we thought some more volatility was going to come into the marketplace, we started taking some profits off the table, right? The market has been uh, was directionally high, the market was increasing at that point for a 10-year period of time. So we were taking some profits off the table, putting it in a place where it's safe, where when this market volatility creeps into the environment, it's not going to lose anything. Not only is it not going to lose, but then we can systematically take money from this safe bucket of money and put it back into the market and buy lower. And so that's what really what we've been doing since 2017. We did in 2018 did in 2019. And then this is where it's really going to pay off when we really get some depressed opportunities, some market depressed opportunities where we can buy shares at a really low price. And then when this market does rebound, they're going to gain the benefit of using that dollar cost averaging uh, philosophy, even though they're retired. And otherwise, unless we employ this type of strategy, they would not be able to incorporate that philosophy anymore. We're talking about the do's and don'ts of investing uh, in this volatile market. And one of the don'ts, Lauren, especially again, as we talk to pre-retirees and retirees, don't panic and go to cash. Yeah, see, this is this is one of those, this is what people, when when advisors and experts say, don't do anything, this is, this is really what I think they mean, is don't just go to cash. Because you can't time it. I mean, if, if, we, if you hit the exact bottom, or if you hit the exact top, it's just sheer luck. The problem is with going to cash is you're making a sell decision. So you're making a sell decision, but in order for that decision to work out for you, you have to make another decision. 
And that other decision, which is the hardest decision, is when do you get back in? So going back to the example I gave you of 2008, a lot of people, December of 2008, went to cash. But when do they get back in? They're definitely not going to do it in March. They're definitely not going to do it in April because they just think that's kind of a pseudo run where they're just waiting for the other shoe to fall. So when do they get back in? In fact, many people didn't get, get back in until 2015. And by that time, we've had six years of a bull market run. They missed out on all that opportunity. So it, going to cash is extremely dangerous because you have to make two decisions to get it right. And both of those decisions have to be right. Another do with this market volatility, consider a Roth conversion. A Roth conversion is one of these strategies that we, we have been extremely busy for the last two months incorporating. If it makes sense from a tax perspective, and for many people right now with taxes on sale, it makes a lot of sense. So if it makes sense from a tax perspective, and you can couple the Roth conversion with a down market, it's going to make even that much more sense, and it's going to be that much more profitable for you. Because you convert money, basically what you're doing is you're taking, taking money from your pre-tax IRA, and you're sending that money over to your Roth IRA. And if you don't have a Roth IRA, that's okay. Set one up. But that money goes from the pre-tax to the Roth. On that money, you are paying taxes at your ordinary income tax bracket. And then once it gets to the Roth, all of the gains you receive tax-free. So when you take the money out, you will never pay taxes, federal taxes on that money. So if you can convert over when the market is down, then when and the, now the money's underneath the tax-free Roth vehicle, when the market comes back up, you get all of that grow tax-free. So again, it has to make sense from a tax perspective because you will pay taxes on that money when you convert it, but it can be that much more powerful in a down market. Another do on this market volatility and, and with this current environment is to consider waiting to take some RMDs, and that's now possible. Well, this is a brand new part of the, the legislation, the CARES Act, where if you are otherwise required to take out a distribution from your pre-tax accounts for the, the year 2020, this year, you do not have to. So if you don't need that money, let's not take it out, and that will save you some room from a tax standpoint because let's say your RMD was $10,000. You don't have to take that out anymore. You don't want to take it out because you don't need to use it, don't want to use it. Now, that's $10,000 that you could convert to a Roth IRA, and you can still, it helps you stay within that tax bracket that you're trying to stay within. It just helps your tax planning strategy. So as a part of that CARES Act, if you don't need your RMD, don't take it out, and you can incorporate that $10,000 into a Roth conversion. If you took it out for January, February, or even March already, is there anything you can do? or is it the, the only thing that you can do is if you took it out within the last 60 days and you have not done an indirect rollover over the last 12 months, is you can do an indirect rollover into your IRA. But it has to be, you have to have that out within the last 60 days, and you cannot have done an indirect rollover over the last 12 months. And if you're listening at home and you're like, no, I, yeah, I don't need my RMD. I like the idea of all of this. Do you call the carrier of that pre-tax account, let them know, and then they'll, they'll stop the distribution or what are the action steps? Call your advisor and hopefully your advisor's already reached out to you on this, but if not, call your advisor and they can turn it off for you. If you don't have an advisor, call your custodian. So, and that custodian is wherever your IRA is, is held, whether it's TD, Ameritrade, Fidelity, Vanguard, wherever, wherever it's held. Another do? 
take action with long-term tax planning. We talked a little bit about the tax strategy of doing a Roth conversion. There are other tax strategies that you can implement, and these need to be very individually based. Some tax strategies are going to work really well for you. They're not going to work well for your, your siblings or your neighbor. Uh, tax harvesting is a strategy. Basically, what that means is when the markets are down, if you have inefficient from a tax perspective, inefficient investment vehicles, let's say a mutual fund underneath a taxable account, now's an opportunity where you can maybe divest yourself from that mutual fund over into something that's more tax efficient. And then and, and what you do is you make it risk-like. So you're taking, let's say, a moderate amount of risk in this mutual fund. You would shift that money over to a more tax-efficient, moderate amount of risk on, on the more tax-efficient investment vehicle. And that way, when the market comes back, you're still participating in the market rebound, but you're in a much more uh, much better place from a tax standpoint. So that, and we call that tax harvesting. There's a lot of other tax strategies that you can incorporate. Now is the time to look at them. Tax planning is one of the most overlooked elements of a retirement plan. And it's in times like these, if you really pay attention, if you really pay attention, not only to new legislation that has been introduced, but also to your particular situation and the current tax laws on the books, you can make a lot of good moves that will only improve your situation down the road. As we talk about the takeaways of today's podcast, Lauren, people have to accept, I think, that the bear market is here, and that brings with it, you know, the R word, a recession, most likely. Most likely, we are heading into a recession. Again, the market, what happens with the market is a little bit different than what happens uh, from an economy standpoint. The economy, the recession really measures how well the economy is doing, and the economy is not doing that well anymore, right? Basically, our economy has been frozen in time. People are not working. Unemployment rate is going to spike probably upwards to 20 to maybe even 30%. The last unemployment number was 4.4%, which is even higher than what it has been because the economy has been so well. Yeah, and here in Iowa, I think we were right around three. We were one of the lowest in the country. Yeah, and it is. So these next numbers that we're going to get is just, is just going to be astronomically bad. Uh, numbers that we haven't seen, again, since the Great Depression. So we're going to most likely hit hit a recession, but this recession, not all recessions are the same. And I don't think this recession is going to be like the last recession of 2008. Uh, but either way, it's really important not to become paralyzed, not to become paralyzed by all the negativity, whether you're turning on the TV or you're talking to your friends, you're talking to your neighbors. Now's the time to really use a microscope, use a microscope on your retirement plan to identify the opportunities that exist. As we've outlined on today's show, there are some opportunities. Some of those opportunities are going to be different from you than what they are for others. But none, nonetheless, evaluate where you're at, evaluate where you're trying to go, evaluate the environment, and then take advantage of any of the opportunities that may be presented to you. And I think one possible way to evaluate where you're at is to talk to somebody about it. Talk to a professional. Talk to somebody who helps people retire every single day. So we've got an opportunity for you. If you want to take an action step, here it is. We've got a website. It's MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. Right there, you get linked right to Lauren's personal 
calendar. You can schedule a 15 minute retirement checkup call to kind of start taking that microscope to your own retirement and spend some time talking to Lauren about where you're at. And Lauren, you've been doing some of these calls and and you're finding that they're really useful. Oh, these calls are going really well. And I really like having these conversations. You know, I'm talking to people I've never talked to before, learning about them, what their concerns are, what, how they're holding up in this, this type of, of time that we've really never, never experienced before. And that's the problem is that there's so much uncertainty. Nobody knows what's going to happen next, but we can take a look at what you're doing and we can take a look at what you've done. And then we can put an action plan in place to help improve regardless of what is going to take place next. So I really enjoy the calls. It's, it's something that we offer on a complimentary basis. We're just trying to help out as much as we can. And through that conversation, we can identify, is your plan solid? Do you have a really good plan with really set action steps to help improve your situation? Or are there some tweaks that you need to make and what tweaks should those be? And how do you go about accomplishing those tweaks? And I know 15 minutes doesn't sound like one a long time when you've been working for 30, 40, or 50 years, but you find that 15 minutes, you, you can learn a lot about each other. Oh, we certainly can. It seems like it's a really quick time, but I tell you, we're 10 minutes into that call and we've we've uncovered a lot of steps already. And uh, within the last five minutes of the call, we can really identify what, what does make sense for you and does it make sense to start working on a, a new plan or just continue the plan that you already have in place. That site again is MerkleRetire.com, M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. You can schedule a 15-minute phone call directly with Lauren. And we'll continue watching this market volatility and talking to you about how it could affect your retirement as we guide you to and through retirement on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. LLC.